0: Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more, ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more, got each other on our side, plus all the folks at FRIED, the burnout podcast with Kate Donovan. Welcome to FRIED, the burnout podcast, season five. The goal of each Fried episode, whether you're an entrepreneur, parent, employee, or otherwise defined, is to create moments of spontaneous healing by ensuring that you feel seen, heard, connected to others, and validated. By doing this, Fried fulfills its mission to kill the shame, blame, and judgment associated with burning out. And Fride adds to its original goal of creating a movement to hashtag end burnout culture. Should you need a coach, Fried Coaches are standing by to help guide you through recovery. Book a call anytime by visiting the links in the show notes. Should you need a speaker, you can hire me, Kate, and you can rest assured that your people will have fun and learn about burnout at the same time. In the meantime, I'm ready to give you this week's episode, which will help you heal just a little bit more starting now. Hello, fried fam. We are back with another week of Fried the Burnout podcast. This week we get to speak to fellow speaker friend of mine that I met recently at a conference in Florida. We sort of flocked to one another in a morning around breakfast and we're like, you're new here. You're new here too. Like, okay, let's be friends. So this week we're talking to Danielle Kobo. Danielle is an award-winning career leadership and sales performance coach. She has gone from clothes stored in trash bags to leading a team for a fortune 500 company. I want you to rewind that sentence in your brain right now. From clothes stored in trash bags to leading a team for a Fortune 500 company. This was no easy journey. She spent 15 years in medical sales, earning four back-to-back president circle as an individual contributor and led the historically poorest performing sales team to number one in the nation within two years. Are you sensing a theme here? Right. Danielle is the host of the Dream Job with Danielle Kobo podcast, a devoted military spouse and mother to four-year-old twins. Danielle, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation.
0: And we were talking just before the show. um, And I, when I first met you, one of the first things that I noticed about you is like, you're drop dead gorgeous. You're like, you're the person that you walk down the street and women are like, oh my God, I want to look like her when I grow up, you know? And, (laughs) and then when you started talking about your story and your journey a little bit, I thought, wow, this is the kind of thing that really hits people because you expect that with beauty comes ease. And it's this weird, messed up propaganda that we have in our brains. It doesn't make any sense, but that assumption happens. So let's talk about your burnout story, get into your life a little bit, and then we'll use that to take us through our conversation.
1: Well, I will say that being beautiful does open the doors a little bit more often. And I, and I do acknowledge that, and I do recognize that. And at the same time, my journey wasn't easy. I, when I was two years old, my mom had kidnapped me. I was not aware of it at the time. And I grew up thinking that my dad abandoned me. And so I spent this life being, what I'm grateful is I spent this life viewing my mom who was thriving in sales. She was going to get her bachelor's degree while raising a five-year-old and, and she was just extraordinary. But There's definitely been some times in my life where at the early age of 17, I was kicked out of the house. I had my clothes piled into four different trash bags and I would rotate from one person's house to the next every couple of weeks while working a full-time job, while going to high school and trying to graduate. And there was a lot of years during that time where I was so stressed out where I was not eating. To the point where, if I did get to a point where I would eat, I would immediately throw up. And I got to a point where I was under a hundred pounds. I had acne everywhere. I was teased a lot. People would come up to me and say, "You need to eat a cheeseburger." And you know, whether somebody is, it doesn't matter what size you are. Don't ever reference with somebody's size because I'm sensitive to that as well. And. There's been several times I was starting to get migraines really bad and I I do suffer from migraines still, but it's through some of these challenges in my life that I've learned to turn some of my biggest challenges in life into my greatest strength. And I don't regret my past. I'm very grateful for it because I've learned to overcome self-doubt and transform it into confidence and courage through The teasing that I experienced when I was younger and, you know, being kicked out of the house. And, um, I've also experienced overcoming postpartum depression and IVF, and it just a lot of different kind of pivotal moments in my life. And then of course, uh, the challenge of a husband deployed for a year while my twins were a year and a half. And I was traveling across five States, leading a team with a husband deployed for a year. It's just a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, definitely a lot. a lot of different pivotal moments in my career that have really shaped me into who I am today.
0: When did you find out that your mother had kidnapped
1: you? I did not find out. Gosh, I don't, I don't think I really found out until a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, in 2000, gosh, 2020, My mom was taken by suicide and we had been estranged for a few years, just kind of given the tumultuous relationship that we had together. But it was kind of at that moment where some of the truths about my upbringing and my past started to come forward.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's really when I found out. So I didn't, I mean, I met my dad when I was 15 and I started to have a relationship with him in my mid 20s, but I didn't find that out until, until later. So
0: he, you created a relationship with him and he didn't bring this up right away. So he was still sort of protecting the story too.
1: I think it was more from a sense that it's very difficult for him to talk about it. Mm. I mean, every time that he, if I try to ask him a question, he'll he'll respond, but there's 15 years where he's missed out on my life and he wanted to be there so much, but mm. she really created some, barriers to make that happen. I think there's so much pain that's still in his heart and regret and wanting to be there for me, but couldn't that it's just, I think it's just been too difficult for him.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you talk about a lot in, in your content and in speaking is this sort of transformation of self-doubt. So with a combination of assuming that you were abandoned and bullying, you use the word teasing, but let's just call it what it is, and and bullying. There's a lot of people that don't don't bounce back from that. What do you think... Made it so that you did?
1: The one pivotal moment in my life was that time when I got kicked out. My mom kicked me out of the house. And I remember going to the school counselor's the next day. And the school counselor said, if you don't go back home, you're not going to amount to anything in life. This is from a school counselor. And I was at that moment where I said, I could either listen to what this person's saying or I can go with my gut. And I know what's best for me. And I know that my, the home environment was not a good, it was not a safe environment. It wasn't a mentally, emotionally supportive environment. And I think sometimes we lose sight of really listening to ourselves and our following our intuition and listening to our gut, because I knew that that wasn't going to be the right answer for me to go back. I knew what I was capable of. And I knew that this person was either just projecting their limiting beliefs on me, or they just didn't know me well enough. They didn't know my drive well enough, and that was a moment where I said, "Okay." First, acknowledging that is it their limiting beliefs or mine. Second, at seventeen, yeah, I <laughs> well, here's the thing: I was, I was also because my mom was a single mom majority of my life, and she was traveling all the time you know, I was left home at a very early age by myself. So, and I started working when I was 14 and started working full-time when I was 16. So I was at a, uh, probably a much more mature level than most people in their high school years, just because I was kind of forced to be more of that adult. And my mom was bipolar. So a lot of, I was sometimes more of the parent than she was sometimes. Yeah. Um and so it was, you know, listening to my gut, and then it's that mentality that I've lived by, which is either you can fall victim to your circumstances, or you can choose the the direction that you want to go. It's like you look at the fork in the road, and do you want to fall victim to the circumstances, or you can say, okay, those are my circumstances, and I don't regret them because they've shaped me into who I am today. Um, so that's really kind of where. I've learned at an early age to just have that self-awareness around it.
0: So I think it's interesting because one of the things that happens, I see with burnout quite frequently is that we lose our ability to be in touch with that intuition. We lose trust in ourselves, right? Like we, we don't have this sort of internal compass that tells us yay or nay, like it just, it shuts off or we're not listening or something happens to it. And the thing that you described with your school counselor is one of the things that I tell people to do. And, and one of the reasons that I suggest people have a coach, because when you have suggestions, therapists are not really supposed to give you suggestions and coaches are mostly supposed to ask you questions, but we tend to have ideas. and hearing an idea and hearing a suggestion and hearing a a should from somebody else and knowing that that's not it gets you one step closer to knowing what is. And I think that that's just as important as sort of organically knowing what is from your body because sometimes you don't, but you do know when you hear something that you're
1: like, not that. It's interesting because a lot of times most often we will ignore the signs of burnout. And when you have a self-awareness and you take a pause to acknowledge them, then you're able to, uh, be able to, uh, I would say the sooner you're able to acknowledge it and recognize it, that's when you can prevent getting into that burnout mode. So I know, for example, for me, if there's a change in my weight, that's a pretty good indication, um, to me, it's if I'm super stressed out, I'll tend to lose weight. If I'm kind of going through a depression of some sort, I tend to gain weight. Um, acne is another one. You know, I still suffer sometimes with acne. So I know that. Or if my skin looks dry or my hair is brittle. Um, some of the signs that I notice on a day-to-day is if all of a sudden my stomach is turning in knots and my shoulders are starting to raise up and I'm starting to get tense, I'm going, okay, okay there's something going on. And it's not a matter of just moving past it and going, oh, okay, whatever. It's no, that's when the time when you need to take a pause and say, okay, what is it that's causing it? Is it because I'm comparing myself to others? Is it because I'm putting my own, pressure on myself, then maybe unrealistic expectations on myself? Is it because I'm not, I'm getting so caught up in where I think I should be instead of celebrating the milestones that I've overcome. So it's really listening to your body. Your body is a powerful resource to tell you what's going on.
0: It's also, this happened to me this week. So this is um, Confession Sessions by Kate Donovan for the moment. Everybody, you know that I, I like to do confession sessions and I tell you guys when things are going wrong. So my husband, Trez, um, is back to traveling for work more than he has been in the past couple of years for obvious reasons. And now I'm traveling more for work too for the same obvious reasons. So we're we're in and out of the house more. And my husband is a very strict diet for particular reasons. And so when he leaves, I like order pizza by ice cream and, you know, (laughs) and like stash chocolate in the house. And the past two days, he's been gone for two days now. And the past two days, I went on like a total candy binge and I was overly anxious. I was feeling very worried. I was looking at my calendar and I was thinking, I'm never going to make enough money to pay my bills this month. I'm and then I went into a shame spiral about not having a successful enough business. And then I went to, you know, all this stuff happened and it wasn't because of any of the things, except for the fact that I loaded my body up with so much sugar. <laughs> That I created this like mass reaction. And I think it's important to, to just say that flat out, that sometimes it is a mindset thing. Sometimes there's some beliefs you have to deal with. Sometimes that there's a thought back there that's really messing with you. Sometimes it, and sometimes it's a shitty diet. <laughs> sometimes it's a, sometimes it's you got the, you have a cold or a flu. Sometimes it's an organic biological thing. Not that thoughts are not organic biological things, but you know what I mean.
1: I'm glad you talk about even just the, the flu because I've been under the weather for the past week and it goes into that whole, I wake up before my kids wake up, I wake up a couple days a week and I work out. And it's easy to put guilt and shame on myself for saying, you didn't wake up this week and you didn't work out last week and shame on you. And, but in the reality it's giving yourself grace and saying, yes, I would have loved to work out, but right now my body's under, under the weather. And the, the best thing to fuel my body is rest right now. Amen.
0: amen exactly that so there was this this idea of challenging your intuition in order to get closer to what you know if you're not sure and there's this idea of listening to your body and then there's this other idea of choosing resilience And this sort of choosing resilience, this is a tricky one for me because I think it can go either way. Like this is not always a safe way to do things because I also started working at 14 and blah, blah, blah. And that sort of mode that I got in to not be the victim and look for the good things and try and do this and led me to burnout. So I have this like internal (sighs) discomfort Mm -hmm. with where do we stop and acknowledge our life and stop and acknowledge our bodies and our emotions and stop and acknowledge everything not necessarily let it stop us but also allow space for it to slow us down sometimes when it needs to and also still have ambition and have that be okay and also you know like uh, this is a big messy pot of soup and i'm not sure that i know all the correct ingredients
1: and everybody's ingredients are different mm. but i'm i'm glad that you talk about resiliency because especially being an entrepreneur resiliency is is essential to being successful as as an entrepreneur, because you're on your own. And there's a lot of times, especially in the beginning where I said, wait a minute, I left a six figure salary plus commission, plus a company car, plus stock options, plus I was making great money. And now I'm going to do this on my own, starting from nothing. And And especially when there's times where I'm coaching some of my clients that are in sales and they're bringing in these huge commission checks, you know, they've just maxed out their comp plan and it really is going, okay, wait a minute. You're going to get there. Give yourself grace that it takes time. You're good at what you do. Don't discount all the years of experience that got you to where you're at today um, and there's kind of like a process that I follow to really get my mind back on track with some of those things.
0: What What's the process?
1: <laughs> what's the process? Okay. So I would say the first thing is, is, you know, anytime that you're experiencing self doubt, it's first process the emotions, acknowledge mm-hmm. them. You know, it's not a matter of just like pushing it to the side. It's really identifying what are, what's this, what's causing it. And kind of pause and sit on it because the reality is, if you're having anxiety, if you're coming from a place of burnout and then you're trying to coach somebody or you're trying to pour into your business, you're going to be less effective. You'd be more effective to just say, hey, you know what? Today is not the day. Today something's going on and I need to figure out what's going on so that then I can better serve people. Do you have
0: a process for figuring out what's going on? Because I think some people are so disconnected that they can acknowledge that something's off, but don't know how to to find it. Like you guys can't see me, but I just made a a bunch of funny faces. And if you watch my (laughs) Instagram lives, or if you're in my Facebook group, you see that I I make a lot of faces, but you know, it's like you get stuck in that because you're not sure. Well, how do you do that? You know, what do you do?
1: So I know a lot of people will say meditate, you know, sit in a quiet room and meditate. I'm not a meditator. It's just mm. not my thing. I, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm a very much so a go-getter. So I have a hard time sitting, which is why taking a shower for me is mm-hmm. actually my most creative space because I'm not distracted by anybody or anything. I'm literally in a space where I'm just showering. And so it's at that moments where I have most of my kind of epiphany thoughts, mm. And I will start to, and I'll start to kind of go into, okay, I'm feeling the anxiety, what's causing it. And then I go through that process of, again, is it, am I comparing myself to somebody? Am I being unrealistic with my expectations? Am I losing sight of some of the accomplishments that I've had? And often every time that I experience sometimes self-doubt, I swear it's like the next week, all of a sudden my (laughs) schedule fills up and I'm in a situation where I'm going, I can't take on any more clients. I can't do any more speaking engagements because I'm so overwhelmed. So again, it's just kind of- rem- the for, entrepreneurial curse. Oh, 100%. If there's any any little lull, if there's any little lull in your business, sometimes we'll go and experience self-doubt. And and it's at, the, at that moment, we're all right. Mm. And I'll kind of get caught up on my admin or I start to look at my business and going, what are my client's, struggling with right now, because that's what I'm going to focus on when it comes to putting my content out.
0: Mm. So it gives you a little bit of time and space to, to sort of plan and create. And this, I use it for that too, but it took me a long time to get there. And I was, I'm really grateful for my acupuncture practice for that because acupuncture, depending on what country I was in, but there's a very pretty safe to plan in advance wave as to when there's a lot of patients and when there's a lull. Like in Europe, you can't expect to be busy in August with acupuncture. You just can't expect it because everyone is traveling, everyone so Mm -hmm. you just know that that's going to happen and so in August I would like go down to less days a week you know just take one of my days off because there's just no need for me to be there I would take a vacation myself around Christmas nobody's coming in everybody's traveling like I was working with the uh, last place I lived was Prague before I moved back to the states and I was working in an expat community they're not there for Christmas they travel to see their families it's not so they're not there so it didn't make sense for me to work at that time so I I understood this rhythm in acupuncture and I could predict it and I knew it was coming in advance. So I could pack up and save up money in advance, knowing that I was going to have a lower month coming to, to maintain some stability. I haven't quite figured out the schedule for coaching and speaking yet.
1: Ooh. Yeah. So I would say with the schedule part. So I've noticed that a lot of people are busy on Monday. They're getting kind of back into their workflow and they're figuring out their week. So Monday tends to be my admin day. Mm Mine too. And then what I'll do is there are certain days I, I like to be in the flow of, of tasks. So if there's tasks that are like tasks, then I'll kind of put them together. So if I will block out, one of the challenges I have is sometimes my clients kind of have access to my scheduler. Um, so they'll put on their appointments and I have parameters of what they can be within. And so if I notice there is a day where there's nothing on my schedule, I'll block that entire day. And that will be my writing day because that's the day that I'm in that creative mind and flow. And so anytime you have like-minded tasks, try to bulk them together because then you, you get in the flow of things. Um, but if you're trying to do an Excel spreadsheet one day and then and, and then the next hour you're meeting with a client and then the next hour you're trying to write something, your brain is switching in so many different directions. It, it just becomes chaos and overwhelm in your brain. And I know that we like to think that we can multitask, but the reality is, is we can't. Our brain just goes from one task to another very, very quickly. And then that creates ex- exhaustion as well. So really staying focused focus. Sometimes I'll play focus music. I'll silent my phone and put it in another room. I mean, I'll minimize extra screens so I don't see them. And I'll put a time limit and say, this is the amount of time that I'm going to work on this particular task.
0: Again, you guys can't see me, but I'm like saying yes, yes, yes. With my head all day, because I do all of these things also. And in addition, and if I, I will try to find the study. And if I forget, I'm sure that you will remind me because I will probably forget not you, Danielle, you, my listeners remind me if I forget, but there is a study that showed that it takes, I think it was at UPenn. It takes us 23 minutes to get back to a task. Once we've been distracted 23 minutes to refocus once you've been distracted. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I was like, this is why I don't have notifications on my phone. My husband is always like, please, why don't you pick up your phone? I'm like, because my ringer is always off. My sound is off. My do not disturb is on because I can't.
1: Yeah, I can't. All my notifications are off. So I never have a pop-up of an email because if you're working on something and then your that email pops up, it's mm-hmm. distracting you. It's bringing your attention to that email. And then you're like, oh, I wonder what that email is about. Mm-hmm. And so I turn all the notifications off on my computer. I turn mm-hmm. all, most of, all the notifications on my phone as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll have the badges for certain things, but, and I have do not disturb while I'm driving and I give my kids permission to yell at me if I pick up on the phone. So they have two times that they can call me out. They're four and they will, they catch me. The two times is when I'm driving. And if I pick up my phone, they go, mommy, you're not allowed to pick up your phone on the drive. I said, okay, you're right. I acknowledge that. Or if I'm with them, I want to be present with them. I want to be there. And so often I'll leave my phone in another room. I think that was something I struggled with when I was in corporate. I had mastered that. I was like, okay, I'm done at six. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's going in the other room. But as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to get caught up in your business twenty four seven. Yeah. So now it's like once four thirty hits for me, that's my time. I go on a walk. I get out of the house, which is essential. Get some fresh air. I come back and I put my work or my phone in another room.
0: So. We were talking again before, and you were like, Well, I want to make sure that I have some like particular takeaways. But in the past 10 minutes, (laughs) we've given people like 87 things that they could do that make their days run a little smoother. So if you need to rewind, that is the beauty of a podcast. You can just press that backwards button as many times as you need, or you can slide your finger down to 10 minutes ago and listen to this all the way through, right again. Because as an entrepreneur, Having these systems in place will save you, will save Absolutely. your sanity. They're critical, but it seems like it's a lot to put into place. But as soon as you start doing it, it's it's less. The more structure you have, the more freedom you have.
1: A hundred percent. And that's something that I, I had mastered that when I was in corporate. I was so good about having work-life balance. And then I remember when I, kind of was six months into owning my business, my mother-in-law looked at me and she's like, you have less balance now. I was (laughs) like, okay, this is counterintuitive of why I became a business owner. And so I went kind of back to my foundation of understanding, setting parameters. And and so I have certain days that are blocked out that this is my admin day. No one can go on my schedule. I have certain times blocked out when I have specific tasks. Um, I also block out time for a half hour. Uh, so that when my kids walk in the door, I am always there to greet them Mm. and to say hi and to be present for a minute. And, and that was something that was important to me. And then I go back to my day, but I always just wanted to be there to say, Hey, how was your school day? Um, and so, yeah, I think the more structure that you put in things, then the more that you get to master your time versus everybody else. Um, mastering you.
0: Yeah. Everybody else choosing when you're going to be available, do things, et cetera. This is something that I think needs to be discussed to be, especially as we're in entrepreneur season. There are so many people that leave those six figure beautiful jobs. They have enough savings to get them through for a little bit. And they think I'll just start a business and they create other jobs for themselves that are sometimes more intense than the job that they had and you said it's important to get back to those foundations when you're thinking about those foundations are you thinking about just how your schedule is set up or are you thinking about your values or, or are you thinking about like what are you what does that mean for you
1: i think the scheduling part is more of like a tactical thing yeah but When I am I the more often that you are clear on your why, Mm. your purpose, and what impact you want to make, that's what brings the fun into things and it helps you refocus on what's important in your day. And one of the things that I did when I was first starting my business is I was really reluctant to be a a business owner. I never wanted Mm. to be an entrepreneur. I was like, no, I like the safety net of corporate. Um, and it wasn't until a lot of the people that I had been mentoring, just because I enjoyed it, said, Danielle, don't look for a job, be a career coach. This is what you need to be. And so the more that you get back to your why and you understand the impact that you can make on others, then that's going to help you prioritize where you're your time and who you're your time with. And if at any point you're kind of going, well, i kind of lost my why or i kind of forgot what it was here's one tip that i would suggest you do and I, this is i was working with a client on this the other day is reach out to your friends and family or even i invite you to post on social media and say this if i have impacted your life in any way will you please share with me how another thing that you can say is if you could describe me in one word what would it be? And then take those words, create a word cloud or write them down and put them in an area that you can look at every single day or take those what people said and how you impacted them and use that in creating a, a new mission statement or a vision statement or revisit any time that you're experiencing self-doubt. Because sometimes when we look in the mirror and what we say to ourselves is completely different than what others see in us.
0: I totally agree with that. And I I have a, I say this frequently on the podcast that I don't believe that you have to love yourself before you can love others or love yourself before other people can love you. I think that that's total bullshit because I learned that I was lovable when I really fucked up in a friendship and she decided to love me anyway. She said, you really fucked up. I need some time. And then came back a couple of weeks later and said, I still love you. I understand what happened. And now we're closer than ever. Mm -hmm. That was part of me realizing that I'm still lovable. That was an outside thing. Right. So, but this is, this is important because you said, try and figure out your why and try and figure out your impact. But when you were talking about setting up your day, you were talking about your values. You were talking about having time for your kids. You were talking about having time for your exercise. You were talking about creating the mental space that you need for particular tasks. So there's this combination of the way the values that you hold in your life, the why your why in your life and your why in your work. And there has to be room for both of them, because what I see happening really frequently with entrepreneurs, especially the ones that I work with, I work with a lot of female founders that are building these incredible multimillion dollar businesses, but they don't love them anymore because they got lost and their why for work superseded their why for home Oh, I'm making this big impact. This is the only reason I matter. Without this, I'm, I don't matter. So I have to focus here. And then the rest of their life just falls away, right? So it's, I think it's critical that we mash those two pieces. And, and you said them both, but at different times. And I just want to bring it back together that you can have a different why for your business than your life. I certainly do. One hundred percent. My why for my business and my why for my life are different. I love them both. My why for my life honestly boils down to enjoyment. Mm -hmm. I I really believe after all, I was an Eastern religion major, uh, minor in college, and then I studied Chinese medicine and then I was an acupuncturist for 15 years. So I spent a lot of time in the spiritual world. And after reading all the different texts and going through all the different religions and sort of trying on a bunch of things, the thing that I've come to believe is that I am here to enjoy as much as I can, as often as I can with whatever space my privilege offers me. And that's my why for my life, enjoy. But my why for my work is to offer people that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is to get, to, to get people to a place where they can also choose to enjoy, right? To end my, my, the mission is hashtag end burnout culture, but everybody knows that part already. But behind that, what I want for people is to stop abandoning themselves, to stop neglecting themselves. And to show up and in, be able to enjoy, we're all going to be dead in fifty years.
1: What the hell? No, I mean, you're you might as well enjoy. Yeah, I mean i i I don't work. I don't live to work. That whole yeah. that whole mindset. I, I know that. So I'm on the cusp of a millennial. I know some people will too. admit it or not. Okay. But I'm 38 years old.
0: I'm a, I'm a geriatric millennial. I'll be 40 this year. <laughs> I
1: love that. So, and, and there's kind of this mentality. I was in this conversation with a family member the other day and they were talking about, well, you know, they the, the millennials just don't work as hard as, as other generations. And well, the, the reality is it's funny to me because there's or they still live at home. None of my friends live at home because we're all in our thirties and we're all have kids. And so that's not necessarily the case. That's a mindset that we get to shift on. Um, The other thing is, is it's not that we are lazy. It's that we want to live our life. That mentality of work, 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 I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, that's not the point. I want to work and I want to make an impact And I want to be able to live my life and be there and be present for my kids and my friends and-
0: And not feel guilty about it.
1: And not feel guilty about it at all. Yeah. And I think the
0: other thing is that people don't realize is, yeah, maybe X amount of years ago, you thought you worked more hours, but you didn't. Statistically, we're working more hours a day, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, with cell phones- We don't shut off when we leave the office. Yeah. It's a completely different experience. So your desire to get home and throw your feet up and have your glass of whiskey, we're we're not doing that because we can't shut down. So, of course, we're looking for ways to escape being stuck at work because we have been stuck in it our entire lives.
1: And a lot of times too, especially through this pandemic, people have been working remotely. And so it's been even, I've, I've never, it's interesting. I've never gone to a corporate office. Mm -hmm. I've always worked remotely because I've always been in sales. Yeah. And I've, I've learned to, you know, some people will put their computer in their living room and they'll work in their living room or they don't have a designated space. But what I've learned is, is if you don't create a designated space that's work, then you're bringing your work into your home and it's mm-hmm. meshing too much. So taking time to have this dedicated space, I have a curtain on my door so that my family doesn't necessarily see me in my office as well as when I'm done, I shut the doors and it's and my computers in a whole nother room because it's important to have separation and and ensuring that they don't blend the two. You've got to be able to enjoy the present moment.
0: Yeah, and I had someone say, um, I can't remember when it was, I want to say season two, there was a suggestion for people who don't have a spare room to put a computer in. You know, not everybody has extra space like that, but there was a suggestion to, for instance, take a shawl or a blanket into your designated space. And once you're done for the day, cover your computer with it so that you literally physically can't see it. Mm -hmm. That actually matters. That that does create a little bit of that, in in boundary setting, the word is segmentation. It's not separation. It's it's segmenting different areas of your life, right? So it does create a little bit of that segmentation that gives your brain a break. You're not glancing over and seeing your computer all the time. Get Mm -hmm. it? Make sure it's a beautiful blanket while you're at it.
1: <laughs> so that it's
0: nice, you know, like get yeah, it get a nice shot Yeah, exactly.
1: Not an eyesore. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So while going through leaving corporate, starting a new job, having to restructure your days and all of that, are you still in? for entrepreneurship or like, are you, are you in it for good?
1: <laughs> that is, <laughs> is the daily question. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it is ebbs and flows. And to say that I'm a hundred percent into entrepreneurship, I don't know. Cause mm. I don't ever want to put a, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to be 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what doors might open for me mm-hmm. Um, for right now. I am loving this. I love yeah the freedom that i have i love the fact that i get to make a huge impact and i get to still do what i love which is leading and and mentoring and helping sales professionals max out their comp plan and they're getting the commission checks they'd never had and yet i'm not tied to that sales number which is really nice and i don't have to deal with the hr stuff or any of you know people not doing their expense reports on time i just get to be their biggest cheerleader which is amazing um so I would say it goes through ebbs and flows. Sometimes I still experience doubt. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, but for right now, I'm at what I always remind myself. Anytime I'm kind of experiencing self-doubt right now, like, am I going to get back to that huge, you know, income that I was making, which is still a little hard, um, <laughs> is just that I have a purpose right now mm-hmm. more than I've ever had before, and I have flexibility right now. And I'm here for my kids. I spent, you know, before I had kids, I spent over 150 nights in a hotel room one year. And then when I had kids, I was spending every single week on a plane. Yeah. And now I'm over home every night. I do enjoy traveling. I mean, I definitely enjoy traveling, but I am not tied to a plane as much as I was. I get to choose when I get on the plane and that in itself is worth it to me. Can't
0: put a yeah. price on that. No, no, you really cannot. So, what you're doing now is career coaching. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I work with either corporations or individuals uh, when it comes to career acceleration. So, I am one company is bringing me in. I'm building out a leadership program. From the ground, they got nothing in there right now. So, we're building it right from the ground. And so, we're building out this entire leadership program uh, over a six month period that we're going to implement continuously from there. I work with individuals that are either looking to get a job or get promoted, or they're in sales and they're like, you know, I constantly hit kind of middle of the pack, but I want to max out my comp plan. I want to earn president's trip. And I said, yes, there's nothing better than a paid vacation that you've earned you don't win awards you earn them and so um yeah that's that's what i get to do every single day and i absolutely love it
0: let's talk about that win earn distinction a little bit mm. tell me tell me more
1: so a lot of times people will say oh i won president's trip which is a president's trip for if you're if you're familiar with sales or not but a president's trip is awarded to the typically the top performers in the organization And so often you'll either get this huge cash payout or you'll get this lavish vacation, which I always enjoyed. I've been on five of them. And so I always enjoyed traveling on a paid vacation, but that's not something you win. You know, if you go and you get a lottery ticket and you you pick your numbers, that's something you win. A president's trip that you earn that through the hard work, through being strategic for adding value. That is not a win trip. That's an earned trip.
0: And what do you think that changing that word does for people?
1: It reminds them, it, it, if anything, it gets them back to celebrating their success mm. in the sense of, wow, yeah, look at what I did. If I reflect back on the entire year and everything I get, did to get to this point, when you shift that urn, it really puts the focus on some of the challenges they've overcome, some of their successes, uh, all the hard work they've put into it. Win is just kind of like, ooh, I won it. It, well, it I lessens think it.
0: Win is a little manipulative from the side of the company. If the company is using the word win, it looks like the company is being like, is acting in a beneficent way. And the reality is you earned it. Absolutely <laughs> and, you earned it. And, and that the cost of putting you on this plane and giving you this trip is... Nothing compared to how much money you gave this company this
1: year. Yeah. I mean, my, exactly. My reps were generating millions of dollars for this company. And, and so, and I'm a big believer that everybody can earn top performer of the year. Hmm. It's a matter of how are you going to do it without sacrificing your personal life. And I'm a big believer. And I, and I share people, I said, you know, there is a, there's so many times where I almost quit on myself. Mm -hmm. My husband told me he was going to be deployed. I almost quit on myself and I'm going to have to quit my job. How am I going to deal with a year of him deployed with one and a half year old twins while leading a team? And the reality is, is don't quit on yourself before you even start. Mm -hmm. If it gets to a point where, if it gets to a point where it's too much, then reevaluate, but just put one foot forward, take it day at a time and learn some of the things that we talk about, about setting boundaries and being present and, and really being mindful when your mind is in the flow and focusing on that and not trying to do a million different things.
0: I think don't quit on yourself is a wonderful place to quit today. (laughs) So why don't we take a minute so that you can let everybody know where to find you. um, And then we'll wrap up.
1: So you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm definitely on LinkedIn, Danielle Cobo. And then I'm also, I have a website, DanielleCobo.com. You can find me in any other social media platform, except for TikTok. Sorry, I'm not dancing for you guys. <laughs> um, and also, um, also my podcast, Dream Job with Danielle Cobo.
0: Cobo, C-O-B-O. Yes. Very, very easy to spell. We're not, we're not going go French. Yeah, we're not we're not going French here. This is not an E A U at the end. C-O-B-O. Very, very, very easy to remember. Danielle, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. And I, I love that we had the conversation ahead of time about these like natural parts of your day that you don't think about as tactics to offer people, but there's so many of them. There's so many things that you've created in your day that are really, really useful for people, especially useful for entrepreneurs. So I really appreciate you just showing up and being willing to jump in with me and and sort of go there.
1: Well, thank you. It's an honor to be on your podcast. I look forward to you being on mine too. Yay.
0: So excited. All right, fried fans. That's wrapping up another week. I think the advice to not quit on yourself is really critical, especially when it comes to burnout recovery, because it can be a fucking roller coaster if we're being honest. And there are going to be moments where it feels like you've done all this work and it didn't mean anything. And trust me, we have all been there. Sarah and I have had many conversations about thinking that we were through it and then finding out that we weren't and then being closer to the end than we assumed. You know, you you feel like you have these crashes, but then you bounce back so much faster because of all the things that you've learned and shifted and done for yourselves in your lives. So this is your reminder to not quit before you start, to not quit because it gets hard. I'm very cool with, and you know this, stopping for a moment if you have to, but get back on the train. If you need support, you know where to find us. We're always here for you. All right. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.